one. What's going on? Everybody, you've got the cardboard coach here with your boy, Coach Co. And team, we have a very special guest on the podcast here today. We've got Troy. It's LaCastro, right? LaCastro, LaCastro. Hey. You know, it's all Italian at the end of the day. Troy LaCastro. We're good. We're good. <laughs> At, you are from David Adams, a.k.a. The Chase, um, a popular podcast that has been has everyone known to mankind on, on lately. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, brother. Yeah. Uh, popular is flattering. I appreciate that. Sometimes I still wonder how popular we are, but uh, I'm doing fantastic. I Listen, I accidentally big-timed you a couple times. I, I no-showed, so... Um, it's a pleasure to finally actually be on the pod with you, brother. Let me tell you something. It's even if the numbers aren't there and I don't know what your numbers are like, the fact that all these people want to come on the podcast says something about what you're building. You know what I mean? So like that's, if there's one thing to take from it is like, I mean, I know plenty of people that have tried to get individuals on the podcast and especially the types of individuals that, that you guys are getting. And so, uh, man, you're doing great. Yeah, bro. I appreciate that, honestly, because obviously a lot of respect between you and I and are you a friend, not just like a hobby friend. And so, yeah, it's definitely we're lucky to have David Adams backing us. Right. Because, you know, it's one of the biggest names in the industry. Yeah. So uh, I am very fortunate to have kind of a little bit of a leg up. And at first, I think people were skeptical, like, OK, we know David Adams, but who the heck are you guys? And like, what are you guys doing? But, you know, a couple weeks ago at the National was a prime example of where we have come. And all of your guys' willingness, guys and girls, uh, you know, women in the hobby, all the willingness to come on our pod. Like, yeah, we we want to hang out with you guys. We want to sit down and do it. So um, it, it's just super, super humbling. And it's, it's, it's really nice. It's really nice to finally have that. Yeah, man, of course. So let's talk a little bit about where you fit into the space. So some people might not know anything about you, actually. They might know. I mean, maybe they've caught a podcast. Maybe they haven't. Um, let's talk a little bit about Troy. Troy in, in the hobby. When did you, when did you like jump headfirst into the hobby? Or, or does it, does collecting start even before that? I was, uh, I will say that I was a very sporadic collector. That's for okay. sure. Yeah. I think, you know, I think my journey starts like a lot of people in terms of baseball cards here and there when I was little, you know, whether it was at garage sales or if I can convince my parents to grab me a pack or two. Um, I was very hype in the era of Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon, though, 100%. Those were my things. A lot of kids in the neighborhood were playing Yu-Gi-Oh at the time. So uh, shout out Toys R Us. You know, some people may not know what a Toys R Us is, but we certainly did. Yeah. And when I was able to go there and had a little birthday money or some extra spending cash, um, definitely was grabbing some Yu-Gi-Oh packs and that. And then, you know, working for David Adams in 20, I started at David Adams in 2012. And then I ended up working there until late 2017, I believe. I had a pretty good run there. That got me love. I knew parallels. I knew what was going on. I knew what you could pull. And even though maybe I wasn't necessarily collecting myself, yeah, I like 
marketing and retail, trying to be able to bestow this knowledge that I've learned from watching other people um, uh, on these collectors to tell yeah. them what they can get. I was very hot into mem. Big mem. Um, so that's kind of how it started. But now I'm all in on the cards. I'm very naive. I, I'll be honest. I'm a novice, right? I'm very naive when it comes to cards. I'm still learning. Having that few year gap where I didn't do anything, I'm coming back and I'm trying to learn so much stuff. And I feel like I'm trying to make up for time that I kind of lost. And yeah. it's been a blast, though. I love it. I love just kind of getting my nose into the books um, to kind of say and just being able to be like, okay, I, I like this card. I want to try to collect this and really, you know, searching, hunting on eBay for new stuff or things in the past that maybe I didn't know about that. Now I'm like, oh, I'm all in on this. Like I, I, I need the whole run of this set or I need this card specifically. So I'm just, I'm just having a good time, brother. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because you are very vocal about being a novice in the space. And I think that it's like, it's, it's, it's like something that's frowned upon for no reason. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone expects yeah. everyone to know everything in the hobby. Like, it's like, if you collect like, no, 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 you, you need to have collected like nonstop and know everything about your collecting. And I mean, a lot of times that we, that we, we feature, I mean, obviously people who are very knowledgeable in the space and stuff of that nature, but like, there are also, there's like an average collector out there. And, and the vast majority of people who participate in the hobby is like an average collector, you know, and they, they have their hands in many different things. They have maybe some signed memorabilia pieces at home, or, you know, maybe they, they collect jerseys of their favorite players, or, you know, maybe they also have some shoes and some baseball cards and they like watching sports and they play fantasy sports and maybe do a little bit of sports gambling. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like a, you don't have to be all in on one thing i don't think and i mean not say that you're yeah. not now and that's cool you know what i mean like you're, you're still whatever you whatever you're you decide to do but i just think that that isn't yeah. highlighted enough especially considering like the average person does have their hands all like in so many different spaces and i think we should just be kind of oh, grateful yeah. that like someone gives a shit about like the average person gives a shit about sports cards or collectibles in general in the sports space you know what i mean yeah. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. And I think that's what I kind of want to use my David Adams platform for, you know, I try to be the guy who, what you see on camera is what you get at home or off camera. You know, I'm not, I'm not this persona, you know, and I, I like to think I try not to take myself too seriously. Right. So I feel like that's what I want to use my platform for. I'm at the end of the day, I'm still me. You know, I have a little persona when I say casual Troy. And why I say that is because I literally am casual in terms of I'm learning just as everybody else is. So if I can use my platform to kind of be the voice for those people, I love to do that, you know, because let's, we don't have to take collecting too seriously. We know there's flippers out there. There's obviously people chasing the next big thing and, and they salivate over that. For me, it's just like, uh, 98, 99 Vince Carter, Mike Bibby co-signers from like stadium club. I'm like, dude, that's sick. Like, I want that. It's not the biggest high dollar card, right? It's just fun. I'm just trying to have fun out here. And that, but is that not what, what collecting is. is about though? Do you know what I mean? Well, that, yeah, that, that's exactly it. That, that is what it's all about. like in my eyes. Yeah. That's what it should be all about is like, you're doing this to have fun. It's a 
hobby. It, although, yes, in industry, there is a business built around it. At the end of the day, it's called the hobby for a reason because it's literally a hobby. And I'll never forget, I saw uh, Dr. Collectibles. He took a picture with a kid that had a thing on his shirt at the National, a, a sign, and it said, take it easy on me. It's my first National. And I feel like that's such a vulnerable moment, right? Yeah. I don't mind being vulnerable. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It's yeah. like, teach me. You know, I'm, I'm here to be a sponge and absorb everything I can about this hobby from the business side and the collecting side and everything in between. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I think that's why you and I get along so well, man. Like I literally just posted a video today that I, I miss, I miss said something. I was like, I said, uh, I was referring to 750,000 and I, I referred to it as a quarter of a million instead of three quarters of a million. And the comment section is just lit up, lit up. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, I, yeah, I, I screwed up. Yeah. Who cares? You know, like I don't give two shits or like, Oh, how could you say that? I'm like, but you knew what I meant. Right. So what? I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't, what do I That's care? Okay. I, yeah. I misspeak all the, bro. All I misspeak all the time, live <laughs> on Twitch, like, right? Like, not when I'm recording. And you know yeah. what? The chat that we have, the Dave and Adams community, which is like, shout out them. They're a fantastic community. They roast me. They absolutely body bag me. But I know it's all in good fun, right? Yeah. I'm not going to, if somebody's roasting me in the comments, I'm like, buddy, if you have that much time to work your thumbs out and, and make a comment about me, more power to you. Little do you know, you're helping the algorithm. Yeah, they exactly. think <laughs> You're helping my appreciate you. I love that. So recently I've seen you guys go on like a bit of a world tour. Um, and I guess one of the things that sticks out for me is you guys went to the NHL draft. So as someone who's a hockey fan, um, talk, like walk me through that, man. Like as someone who's like a casual collector, but like a sports fan and, you know, a fan of hockey, being able to go to the, the NHL draft and, you know, rip packs, but more importantly, like communicate with these athletes, like in real time. Like, how was that? Talk to me about that. So I feel like I just absolutely beat this phrase and in, phrase into the ground, but like I have so many once in a lifetime experiences, right? And I think eventually it'll become, you know, more than once in a lifetime. But right now I'm going through these things for the first time. And just as a kid who grew up in Buffalo, New York, not far from you, I grew up a hockey fan. The high school I went to, our hockey, our hockey team was actually unbelievable. You know, they they made regular trips to states. So I grew up not listen, I can't ice skate for shit, right? Yeah. So I, I'm not out there, you know, wheeling. Are there other I'm types of skating? Baseball. You said ice skate. Is there other types of skating? Roller skating? I guess so. I Never mind. I sound like an idiot now. Idiot now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw what you were trying to do there. I was ready though. I was no. Um, but yeah, just grow like growing up a huge hockey fan, and I'm I'm sure we could talk about this later. But you know, hockey I think vastly undervalued in the hobby, in my opinion. Um, but you know, I I couldn't do it without the team here. Okay, so obviously Rihanna Anderson, she's our social media manager. Uh, shout out her, obviously Tyler Prigionary, the director of content, John Grimaldi, the president of this company, obviously Elena, she's off camera right now, but um, you know, Elena is always helping me out with stuff. So we have a good crew there. So 
from the top down, it's like, you know, we have to get that stuff approved. We have to get the media passes and then obviously to have social coverage and Elena behind the camera, obviously capturing all these moments. And for me, having my background and my education in broadcast journalism, I mean, what a moment for me being able to marry what I do now and, and be in the hobby and bring it together with my broadcast journalism background was a dream come true. It was unbelievable. Uh, so Nashville just itself is a city, incredible city. Um, the place was buzzing for the draft. You know, obviously when you think of the NHL, you don't necessarily think of Nashville as a hockey town. Obviously they've got Smashville. They went to the cup in the last 10 years lost, but, um, the atmosphere around there was just absolutely incredible. And everybody who's everybody in hockey media and, and things of that nature are there. You know, I'm seeing the spit and chicklets guys, right? I talked to Ryan Whitney for a second. I'm seeing, I'm seeing RA, uh, biz, you name it. They're all there. And I will say this, the NHL is very interesting. They're very, uh, I feel like laissez faire about things, right? Like as long as you have a pass. You're just running around. Really? You know, Adam, Adam Fantilli, right? Sorry, my Western New York accent came out and I said That's Adam. Right. <laughs> I'm hard on Is that how you say David Adams? Me. So, yeah, David Adams. Yeah, that's, <laughs> how, that's how we say <laughs> um, But, like, you know, when you're in the media room, uh, these players, they come off the stage and give interviews to everybody. And, you know, Fantilli is just – he gets off his podium. He's just going and eating the buffet with the media, and he's just hanging out. It was crazy because I've talked to and Elena about their experience at the NFL draft and just how night and day it was based on what they were telling me. But you know what, too? It was a real moment for me where I was recognizing local sports media that I had grew, to, grew up watching and reading and being able to stand shoulder yeah. to shoulder with them and getting to ask a question to literally the number one first overall pick who is as hot as or even hotter as Connor McDavid was when he got drafted was just a crowning achievement for me right something I'll never forget and I'm lucky that we document on camera that way I don't have to forget right it's always yeah. there for me and I can go back and watch it as a reminder of the unbelievable experience that I got to have there. Yeah. You were one of the first people ever to uh, essentially interview Connor Bedard as an actual Blackhawk. It's crazy. Yeah. And I guess I never put it in that perspective, right? To me, sometimes when, when things like that happen to me, it's like, I'm just doing a job. Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm there for a purpose. Yeah. We knocked it out of the park. That was the purpose. We we did it. And so sometimes you don't almost you almost don't even have time to go back and be like, oh, wow, I did that because you're on you're on to the next thing. Yeah. Right. So right after Bernard, I'm trying to go talk to Will Smith from the Sharks, Leo Carlson. Um, Obviously, we did the Sabres draft pick, Zach Benson. So you almost don't get a minute to kind of sit there and be like, oh, wow, that. That really just happened. And uh, what an answer Connor had, man. I, I asked him, you know, I was like, usually kids your age are turning in cap and gowns, you know, and then going to college and you're getting an NHL sweater. 
And in so many words, he basically was like, yeah, F them kids. And it was just amazing. <laughs> but it was the most polite way he could have said it. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he's going to need that kind of attitude to shine in the NHL, especially as an 18-year-old and, like, with his size. But, I mean, we've seen the NHL change dramatically over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, and people talk a lot about small kids or small guys not being able to, you know, make a career in the NHL. And then you look at guys like Brad Marchand and, I mean, Martin St. Louis, who both are unbelievable players and have been despite their size. I mean, Alex Dabrinkit scored 40 two seasons ago or three seasons ago. Cole Caulfield looks yeah. like he's ready to score 40. Like, I mean, it, it, I don't think you have to be gigantic to, to, you know, make do in this league. Also, he's not like, he's not, a, he's not, what am, I, what am I looking for? He's not Earl Boykins of the NHL, you know? Yeah. No, yeah, no, exactly. No doubt. And you know, it's funny you say Cole Caulfield, he looks like he's primed and ready to score 40. Uh, is he ready and primed to score 40 or is your Cole Caulfield collection <laughs> ready and primed for him to score 40? I wouldn't have the collection if I didn't think he was ready. You know, I would wait a little bit. I'd wait a little bit. So yeah. talk to me about, you're also into, I mean, you got, you go to uh, a lot of concerts and I mean, you go to tons of sporting events. Do you, are you into tickets? Do you keep like ticket stuff so, and stuff? It, it's funny. It's funny you brought that up because I am not. I wasn't that forward thinking. I'll be honest with you. I started seeing uh, like Darren Ravel's collection at the Atlantic City uh, National. National. Yeah. You know, you another person that I consider a friend. He was like, man, you like the tickets, the VHSs. He's very forward thinking when it comes to collecting. So I was a little behind the eight ball, but I was cleaning up my room one day, right? And I do remember that I did, I did keep stubs. And sure enough, I found a bunch from just random things. You talk about concerts, you know, I will say that I have um, an amphitheater that we have locally here. My dad took me to see Motley Crue and Kiss, and I have two stubs. I have the one he had and the one I had. And... I was looking at it from a perspective of how cool would it be if my dad and I each had a graded copy yeah. of the ticket stuff. You know, I would I would love to do something like that for my dad. And then secondly, I'm a big wrestling fan on top of that. I, I know you know that. And yeah. anybody who follows my stuff will quickly learn that. Um, but I have a ticket from a pay-per-view that was at the HSBC arena at the time where the Sabres play yep. in Buffalo. And it was called Battleground. Now, it wasn't like this, like all this, you know, grandiose stuff was happening. But there was one moment. And it gets talked about multiple times in documentaries with Cody Rhodes, who is like the big guy right now, the big good guy that everybody, you know, he's the company guy. Yeah. And I actually have yeah. a ticket stub from this moment. So basically what it was is himself, his brother... And his late father, that was the first, really the first and last time that they were all able to share the ring together and be in there like televised and, and have that moment encapsulated in time. And, you know, I have this stub and it looks good. So it's one of those things where I'd either get himself and his brother to sign it and, and grade it or just kind of grade it itself because that he always uh, brings that moment up 
in interviews and talks about how that was so special to him. So I'm like, man, that's that's something I would a piece I would love to have. Great conversation piece. I love that. I mean, that's I what collectibles, that. that's what collectibles are all about. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And oh, yeah. it's it, I also like I collected. And again, not not with any sort of like foresight, like back in the day. But every time I went to any event, like I'm that person that keeps all of my media passes. Like I keep wristbands. I keep ticket stubs. I keep like every Leaf game I've ever been to. I've kept the stubs, except for when they went digital, <laughs> which breaks my heart. But um, like oh, I just I oh. keep ev- a few trips to Buffalo. I, you know, like I've, I've seen the Sabres and, and Sharks a few times. I've seen Sabres and I think Oilers. I got ticket subs from that. Like everywhere I go, I try to keep the stubs. And for me, it's more like the memories, right? And and that's kind of, I mean, we, we talk about like the exactly. collecting as collecting and, you know, as like a hobby, as something that kind of brings you back. I, I, I never kept those things. And like, they're not in immaculate shape and probably wouldn't grade well at all. So I probably won't be grading them. But like at the very least, right. like I, yeah. I've kept them, you know? And if I wanted to grade them, like that's cool too, but uh for like encapsulation purposes maybe like put it away or or whatever the case may be but yeah man it's it's wonderful it is it's it's and that's the i want to make the point that they're like you said collecting to just collect is a lot of this stuff if i do get encapsulated it's for me yeah you know like you back to your earlier point of me being a novice in that I'm I said it on screen multiple times and I feel like I've said it to people where, you know, I'm not the guy you're going to go to who's going to tell you who to maybe buy, sell, hold or flip. But I am going to tell you, look at this cool piece I get for my PC that, you know, if you want to have a start a conversation about it, I'd love to talk to you more about it. Yeah. And that's I mean, there's a lot of people that can't talk about their PCs because they probably don't have them. And you know what I mean? Like, so I think there's a healthy balance between the two. I'm just saying that I think we should be a little bit more receptive to people who are maybe not, you know, obsessed with sports cards or not, uh, you know, it's not a business for them or there's not some clear objectives. Like, it's just kind of like, like, look for cool stuff. And I, I'm sure yeah. you go you go nuts in dollar boxes, eh? Oh, my God. Dive. Dive, brother. Till my fingers. Till I can't feel my fingers. But, you know, I agree, I agree with you where, you know, I feel like there's just there's no time for the negativity. And I know that's a that's a played out narrative. Right. But, you know, it is it's in all seriousness. It's it's education. Right. We want to get people into the hobby, yeah. especially with what everybody talks about now. It's about 10 xing it and that. Right. Well, how are we going to do that if you're just pushing people away because they don't understand? You know, we we should be friends of the hobby who are like, oh, you don't get it. Let me teach you. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about some things that you might want. You know, you talk about collecting is just collecting. Like, are there any cool pieces that you're like, man, like I've always wanted like a signed helmet from Deion Sanders or like some trippy shit. Yeah. You know, I will say I'm a big first and foremost back to the music thing. Okay. I would say there I there's a yeah. So I actually right now I collect signed LPs, signed Sick. vinyl. So I Sick. have framed up pieces in my house. Like, yeah. So and I'll have to send you some pics one day. And I'm a big uh 80s hair metal guy. I that's another thing that 
gets absolutely buried. And I am not afraid to admit, I love that cheesy metal. So like on my wall, I've got uh, a multi-signed rat record from the, the, the bass player, the drummer and the singer, the band Cinderella. I have the entire band signed. And it's one of those things where one of the, one of the guitar player has, you know, since passed away. So that's another piece I'm never parting with, right? Yeah. That's mine. It's the full band sign. So to bring my dad into this, you know, my dad and I are very tight. So one thing I want is when I was three, four years old, the first real record I remember my dad playing on the record player was Kiss One, their first live record. And I just fell in love with Kiss. Obviously, the pa- were they great musicians? Debatable. But yeah. they put on a hell of a stage show. Right? So the pageantry, the the spitting up the blood, the fire breathing, the smoke coming out of the guitar, you name it. If I could get an album signed by all four of the original members, that is something that's like a treasure to me. And it's unfortunate because I know all four of them don't really get along anymore. So this may be one that I end up chasing for a while, but that that's definitely up there for me, you know? And then I, it's funny because uh, I know tops did something at the national where they went around and they asked everybody who's like your dream autograph. Yeah. Right? I saw that yesterday. And yeah. So like, you know, one person said, Gee. <laughs> so things like that. And I really sat there and I thought about it. And like, for me, just being a huge music guy, Eddie Van Halen on one of his, you know, obviously not the original, but maybe a, uh, a remake of his Frankenstrat guitar that had the iconic, you know, red, black and white on there. I mean, that would just be another piece that like, sorry to my future wife, but you know, it would probably be going up on the mantle or the wall. <laughs> in some spots so that way when people walk in we can talk about it yeah man and that's kind of what it's all about right it's like it's like you bringing that energy where you're so passionate about something and that, that this is where i live and and you know welcome to my space and this this tells a story about me but also i can tell a story about it and it just kind of like is this never-ending like i don't know lust for storytelling i mean we talk about storytelling a lot in the space because that's what yeah. makes these things so so precious. That's what makes like even moments in sports so precious, right? Like, I mean, I think about like moments in sports and there's so many that I can recall that like the announcer has such a massive role in, in you know, the magnitude of, of what's happening and what, what you're witnessing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What What you can do with your voice is miraculous, you know, because sometimes you'll 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 remember the moment right but i feel like there are times where you almost remember the call better than the moment couldn't agree more couldn't agree more you know i feel like that's something that's iconic let's talk a little bit about the hobby moving forward so we talk about your grails i love that where you've come from in terms of the space what are some things that you are looking to personally do moving forward in the hobby in the collecting space in general uh and doesn't have to necessarily be like acquiring something but just like what how how is your role going to advance you know what what is your vision for yourself in the space 
Yeah. Well, number I think the number one thing is growing the chase, right? I mean, that's that's why I was brought on. Um, like I had mentioned, I had been in local news for three three and a half years, and that was up until November of twenty one. So December of twenty one is when I made my return to David Adams. But the chase before it was the chase, right? It was it was just we are department. We want to start like morning show for the hobby, and yeah. we think you would be uh, an asset and would help us do that. And I was like, absolutely, because that was what my dream had been all along. Was I wanted to be an on-air personality? I have the gift of gab. I don't shut up. So why don't I put it to good use? Why don't I actually use it to push myself forward in a professional sense? So since I came on, that that had always been the goal. And, you know, we had to develop the idea for a while. And so we were doing other things like like breaks and just different content pieces. So I consider this in and David Yarger, my co-host, I consider this our baby. And we are obviously trying to help it grow up and, you know, help it develop and, and you know, see it through. So yeah. I think my number one thing is, is you know, now that we have now that we have Elena, we're, we're adding layers to the show. Right. We obviously have a general format, but now with more creative minds, we're trying to toss different things in. Um, as you can see, I'm kind of sitting on the couch. So the last few episodes, we've introduced our new set that we debuted at the National, yeah. and we've now decided we're just going to use here um, for the time being until we uh, move on. So I think it's growing this show, uh, keeping people interested, right? Not making it stale and continuing to find people in the hobby, no matter who you are. I don't care if you're a personality. I don't care if you're a higher up at one of the big companies in the industry, we want to talk to collectors too, different people. You know, I had a chance at the Panini party to meet Alex Tressler. And obviously I know he already from when he was in active duty, he pulled a dual logo man and he put it on YouTube. I think it was from ba basketball. It was John Stockton. I can't remember the other player, but he's somebody, you know, the, the common collector may not know him. I want to be able to take these people and shine a light on them and give them a spotlight and really promote what they have going on. Obviously, people know what David Adams has going on, and we still want to promote what we're doing, whether it's breaks or anything. But our main, you know, the main thing that we really build the show around are the interviews. Yeah. You know, like we brought you, know, I, I saw you, I saw you on TikTok, and I knew you had an audience, and I saw what you were doing. And I was like, you know what? Guy seems super nice, bright. The mustache did get me. I'm not going to lie. The mustache was like, I saw that. I'm like, we should probably, we should probably have him on. You were wrong about but the bright, it, it think, bright. Well, I was just, I was giving you your flowers, whether you want them <laughs> or not. Yeah. You didn't have to tell people you're not bright. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it's definitely growing the chase first and foremost. But man, I just want to, I want to continue to educate. I want to continue to do stuff by trial and error, right? I do YouTube videos every Monday. We try to put out a YouTube video. Elena has her top five and then I do different 
one day I took a look at the Dunkin' Go Nuts cards. Can you see a theme here that I love vintage stuff? Yeah. So I want to continue to get better at those, right? I want to get the viewership up, but not just for the clicks and the engagement. You know, I want people to really be like, this was very educational. Thank you for doing this. And, you know, I want feedback. I want people to tell me, you know, what do you want to see next? And I just want to have fun. That's really it. We're only getting started. Like Kobe said, right? Job's not done. I want to do more breaks with athletes. I want to do more breaking on my own. I love getting behind the camera sometimes and being able to open. I just like having my hands in everything. And I want to just continue to grow and continue to get smarter in this hobby and meet more people and uh, just make this a real career path that I wasn't sure, you know, when back, I, I didn't know where this was going to go and where it's gone has just exceeded my expectations by, you know, a ton. Yeah, it's kind of remarkable that, you know, a lot of the people I have on the show um, and not just the ones I have on the show, but the ones I speak to who have put significant time and energy into the space, whether that be from a content creation perspective, whether that be from like a buying and selling perspective, whether that be from just uh, making connections perspective, specifically over the last like, I'd say four or five years. Before that as well, but specifically in the last four or five years, I think that they have, they're they're all so surprised at how they, how their lives their lives have ended up, and you know you almost you have to take a step back and kind of be like, how did I get here? And I know that happens to me a lot. Uh, you know when I go to these shows and I you know people are coming up to me and they're like, you're Coach Co, and I'm like, this is something that I never would have imagined was like a thing. I never would have imagined myself to be this. Um. And it's just like, I think that the over the underlying message rather needs to be, if you, if you enjoy something, you just, you have to dive into it and you have to create around it and you have to find like-minded individuals. And, you know, it's not going to be about the growth. It's going to be about having fun. I mean, honestly, like you said, truthfully, and if it doesn't feel like work, you're going to want to continue to like do more of that, right? Like a lot of people would consider, you know, content creation fun. You just talked about an instance where, you know, Dunkin' Nuts, you want to learn more about it. Like you're, as a result of learning about it, like when you learn about it, you're going to want to tell people about it. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you're, if you feel like, and I'm not saying to drop your job, I'm not pulling, I'm not telling you to pull the Gary Vee and just like drop your job tomorrow and go all in on what you're passionate about. But at the very least, like do yourself a favor and just just put time and energy into the things you care about. I know that life is busy and I know that, you know, you still have to pay bills and you have responsibilities and that stuff's not going to change. But at least, you know, give yourself something to really look forward to and really kind of build up and really cultivate. Yeah. Sorry, there's a little stack on me. Okay. I was making sure you were done with your sentence before. No, that's okay. That. But um, no, I, I agree with you because I think one of the biggest things in life is try to minimize the amount of times that you say, what if, right? You might as well just, you might as well just do it. Try it out. You fall on your face, no big deal. You get back up. It's all, it's all about trial and error. When I put out content, you know, I try to see what works and what doesn't work. 
But that's I think that's the beauty of TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Just put stuff. Who cares if it doesn't get engagement, right? Then you go back to the drawing board. Okay, maybe that didn't work. What can I do now? You know, for instance, like I, I, I tried to incorporate a little more of the, you know, serious journalism, like, like you do. I, I love doing the green screen videos. Hey, here's what happened today. But maybe I'm taking a little too serious of an approach. Maybe I need to loosen up a little more when I'm talking about. Yeah. It. That's just things that you can you can try. And you know, for instance. I'll tell you, there's a piece of content that I put out that is actually doing very well, and I'm glad I did it. And I think this goes back to, you know, showing people that you're just like them, right? You're just another collector. Where I got a redemption package from Panini in the mail, and it went to my Nana's house. And this thing was like 10 years old. I'm not kidding, because I told the story in my reel that when I was younger, I used to send stuff to my Nana's house all the time because I didn't want to get it sent to my parents' house. Yeah. Because if it got sent to my parents' house, I know my mom would be like, you know, you don't need that. What are you spending money on that for? You know? And then my Nana would just be like, oh, you have another package here. Oh, you hungry? You want a sandwich or something? Right? <laughs> so the fact, that, the fact that she called me in 2023 and was like, I have a fulfillment package here from you from Texas. I'm like, I know exactly what that. Well, I know what it is, but at the same time, I have no idea what it was. And I think people saw that I brought the family into it. Plus the redemption, you know, obviously everybody goes nuts for redemptions. Yeah. So the fact that they had the redemptions in it, plus I think the family side of things, just showing a little bit of who I am, um, it did really well. And so, you know, I think that's just another avenue of content you can do. There's so many avenues that you can go down now. And, you know, one may be a dead end. The next one may go on for miles. You just got to try. If you had to give someone like one phrase to go by in their pursuit of whatever it is that may, makes them as passionate as, as you are about collecting and sports and telling stories, broadcasting, what would it be? Hey, man, what I like to say to my friends can't be scared in this economy right don't let your dreams be dreams no but in all seriousness uh bet on yourself you know if you're in a bad situation like i was at work where i was just miserable and i know i had plateaued uh don't be afraid to make that switch i know this all sounds cliche and and tacky but in all honesty i was just i was in a i was in a situation and I know I've dwelled on this a lot in the interview and I keep talking about it, but I was miserable. I would wake up for work and my alarm would go off and the first word out of my mouth was some colorful language, some sort of curse word, because I knew where I had to go. I knew where I was going, right? Now, I wake up and I come here because I want to come here. And while my gears are turning and there's so much stuff to be done, uh, in so little time, I like the challenge, right? I may get stressed out. I may throw hissy fits sometimes. Alina can attest to that. She knows that I have outbursts. But at the end, it's very fleeting and it's gone. And then I'm back on track and I'm just right back to like, okay, I have this batch of content that's just kind of evergreen and it's just sitting here. Let's knock them out. Because then 
now I have stuff to post for the next week. But then on top of that, I just, you know, if you're in that bad, if you're in a bad situation, if you don't like the work situation you're on, and to your point, if you want to try something that you're passionate about and you want to really dive in and try it all, you know, I know everybody's always afraid. Well, what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? I feel like a lot of these people who do end up betting on themselves, if it doesn't work, you have some sort of safety net, for lack of a better term, right? So if yeah. things don't work out, I'm sure there are always something you can fall back on. It's okay. Don't feel like you failed. I feel like it's one of the things, try. If it doesn't work, okay, you know what? That just wasn't for me. Let me go back to what I know and what I can do and put my all into that and see where I can go with that. So that's really and, – and have fun. I can't stress that enough. I can't stress that enough. If you're not having fun, don't bother. I'm just I'm just having a good time, right? I, I, I just I just celebrated my 30th birthday. I'm a big kid, man. I may be 30 years old, but let's be honest. I'm like 19, 20. Just able to drink in Canada. I'm like 19 years old. I can cross the border <laughs> and have my first legal beer. So I like that it's me, dude. It's just I love meeting all you people and just like hanging out with everybody and just, you know, have fun. I love that, man. Tell uh, tell the audience where they can find you, where they can contact you, uh, watch some of your stuff, maybe reach out to you with uh, some cool signed memorabilia from, you know, musicians or records or whatever the case may be. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, wow. Let me let me make sure I have to say this on the chase every episode. So make sure yeah. let me make sure I get everything in order. Um, but obviously we are David Adams. We are the Chase presented by David Adams. Chase, it broadcasts live on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash DA Card World. All one world. All one word, excuse me. At 11 a.m. Eastern. So if you're on the West Coast, 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific. And then, well, and if you're Central and Mountain Time, you just figure that figure out. out. 10 a.m. Central. And, you know, <laughs> you, you got that. But definitely check us out there. Like I said, we have a guest on every episode like Coach over here um, and, and other people within the hobby in whatever facet it may be. And if you want to know more about that, you can follow us on Instagram at DA underscore the chase. Same for Twitter. But please make sure you're following our main channels too at DA Car World. That's across everything. TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. That'll give you all, you know, giveaways what's coming out what our next content pieces are you know we're, we'll be dropping pieces or if we're going live and, and doing a big stream you can find all of that out there so make sure you're checking that all out um as for me i got my da underscore casual trounce that's where i get to kind of just you know do me be me and uh do random and, and quirky things that i want to do based on the hobby um, that's on Instagram, threads, Twitter, you name it, I got it. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any questions, you just want to chat with me. If you want to share some cool men that maybe I could take a look at, um, my DMs are always open. And uh, I'll always try to get back in at least one to two business days. I admit, I'm kind of bad at responding sometimes. But <laughs> Troy, I want to thank you so much for for jumping on and uh, you know giving everyone on the podcast your experience. And uh, hopefully you've... Uh, you know, showed people that 
just uh how far you can get if you kind of go all in, all in on yourself so appreciate you team i hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the cardboard coach for now coach co and troy are out of here